Hey there, and welcome to our East Coast Church podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church and who we are, head to our website, eastcoast.org.au. From wherever you are listening right now, we hope that the content in this podcast blesses you. Well, welcome back um, to this special edition of East Coast Podcast. If you are jumping on and you missed last week, you're going to need to go back um, and hear so that you're coming in on context. We've got Kerry and Adrian Lambieu here from Motivating Marriages and they're psychologists, they're incredible people um, and they've been helping us with what most families are probably feeling, which is the Mm. increased conflict and challenges and stress and pressure and we finished up on a bit of a cliffhanger last yeah. week with the four, four, four horsemen. Yeah. Please take it away and mm. fill yeah. in some gaps for us. Yeah. So uh, last week we, we spoke really about what we call the distance of pursuer dynamic mm. occurring in uh, marital conflict. That's where um, we have a state of flooding that occurs where uh, heart rate goes above 100 beats per minute and we can't function in conflict very effectively. And what tends to happen is in a lot of relationships, not all relationships, but a lot of relationships, we have one person who is in the pursuit of resolution and mm. that must happen verbally Um, and then we have one person who is so overwhelmed and they shut down in that conflict and so that's where we sort of left off and we highlighted also um uh, sorry backtrack that's stonewalling when one person disengages so we spent a lot of time talking about how you can prevent that dynamic in your relationship so we do really encourage you to listen to last week's Mm. um recording on that it's such an important thing in this time of high crisis that we're in where conflict is going to increase um quite a lot um and then we the cliffhanger we ended on lou was the four horsemen so we looked at criticism defensiveness and contempt and adrian gave us a bit of a brief rundown on what those things are and what we thought would be most helpful for couples today is to look at those in more practical terms Mm. so what are these four horsemen and how do we use what uh, we call the antidotes to the four horsemen so that comes from the idea that we can't sweep things under the carpet we Mm. do need to raise issues in our relationship and when we raise those issues we have to do it in such a way that is actually going to generate a good outcome because Mm. we want to be heard and Mm. if we use criticism we are not going to get heard. Uh, Mm. If we use defensiveness, again, our position, our side of things is not going to get heard. And certainly if we use contempt, that is going to render conversation pretty useless at that point. So we might just, um, do you want to have a look at criticism, Mm. Adrian? Um, Look at the, maybe the, what it is and Mm. just the antidote to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, to set the scene as well, um, got through John Gottman's research, um, he, he demonstrated the, the damaging effect of mm. all these horsemen, right? And mm. basically it's shown in the statistics. He can actually he can actually predict by watching the first, was it three to five minutes or something mm. like that, of a, a couple's um, argument. And if they were using these horsemen, then he could predict, I think it was above 96% or something like that, mm. that in a two-year follow-up of the, this couple, 96% of the time he was right when he said that couple will be separated and or divorced. Mm. Yeah. So that's how 96% in research is unheard of. That yeah. just massive um and so that he was able to actually predict if you use these things yeah statistically speaking that's that's potentially what and could that, happen that makes yeah. it quite serious like yeah. what we're talking about and yeah. something to pay attention to mm. yeah absolutely without putting the fear of god into people no. though i think it's also important <clears throat> to say that um what 
is important about that research is not that you're using the four horsemen, but you, you recognise mm-hmm. that you're using yeah. them mm-hmm. and that you know how to repair the interactions mm-hmm. after you've used them. Mm-hmm. You know how to correct your mistake. So the research is sort of saying if these four horsemen are left to run rampant mm-hmm. in your relationship without awareness, without correction, without repairing the damage that they cause, that's when the relationship is, um, is really at risk. Whereas when we look at happy couples they use the four horsemen. (laughs) They just know that they do it and they go, oh, sorry, and then they correct it by using the antidotes, which Mm. is what we're going to talk about now. Mm. Um, So don't be too alarmed but be very vigilant, Mm. I guess, is the key thing. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you could yeah. easily, I'd be the sort of person to be like, are you sad? Are we getting divorced? You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And I think the vigilance needs to be self-vigilance. Like, mm. I think one of the things, we made this mistake when we first learnt the Four Horsemen. Um, I remember the argument, it was in the garage, um, where we pointed the finger and said, you're using criticism. No, you're being defensive. And that criticism. does yes. not work. <laughs> take it from us. Uh, take it from our lots of experience with our clients when they go home and try it it also doesn't work i use it and we haven't actually touched on this so i'll probably come up later about bids for connection oh yes yeah i'm yeah. making a bid for connection uh, and you're you not you responding turn towards me yes. <laughs> you're turning away you're turning against it's yeah. actually Oops. pretty funny when i recognize that lou's doing yeah. you know um that bid for connection yeah. based on the um the course that we've yeah, done yeah. together and at the start, it frustrates me that she's using <laughs> it, it on me. me. Yeah. And But then it, it kind of softens my heart and yeah. then it yeah. kind of works. And yeah. I go, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it actually does help. Yeah. But Absolutely. anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that could be very much another topic that we talk about. <laughs> later, later. Yeah. So, so if we were talking about um, the antidote to uh, crit- the horseman of criticism, so just to recap, criticism is when we attack and blame each other, yeah. uh, when we attack each other's character, when we use those you statements, mm. you never, you always, yeah. stuff like that, when we actually attack the person, as I said, per- uh, personally mm. um, in that way. So the antidote, to, so instead of uh, attacking the person, uh, the antidote um, is actually using a gentle startup. That's what mm. we call it, Gottman calls a gentle startup. Start the conversation up gently, right? So there's a few ways that you can do it, but there's a structure that, you know, um, people that are listening at home uh, can actually use. And it's Mm. three statements, three statements. So it's, I feel about and what I need is. So if Mm. you can use those, what you're actually doing is you're taking responsibility for everything there, right? So um, if, say, for example, um, there's a there's a pet peeve of, of mine <laughs> in Kerry's um, uh, in her uh, walk-in wardrobe in our walk-in wardrobe, <laughs> and she will often uh, leave all her clothes strewn over the track of the mirror. You know the mirror that you know that's yeah. supposed to very um, uh, uh, smoothly glide across uh, the rail, but she leaves her clothes over there, right? So I can't actually open it on my side. So her <laughs> side's open, but my side's not, right? So I could actually um, I could actually uh, attack. Her um, mm. critically, you always do this. You never think about me, right? Yeah. You're, you're selfish. Um, you know, I can't believe thoughtless, thoughtless disorganized, absolutely, all that stuff, right? Okay, you know, I could do that, but that would actually lead to a lot of defensiveness in my dear wife, yeah. <laughs> of course, and then that will come back at me with criticism, blah blah blah. Yeah. Instead of doing that, I can use the I feel about and what I need is. Mm. Uh, so I could say something like, um, well, I'll switch it around a bit. I'll say when. So, um, darling. When you leave your clothes mm-hmm. over the track, 
I feel a little bit frustrated because I can't open my side of the, um, the mirror then, I can't get to my, to my clothes. What I really need is, and now you can say a practical need, but also you can say an emotional need. I'll use the practical need first. What I need uh, for you to do is, is, can you just be a little uh, bit mindful about you know, what I need and, uh, to be able to access my um, side of the uh, wardrobe there? So that's the practical need. Mm -hmm. Or I can say, I really, I really want you to hear my request and need and I want to feel respected you know, yeah. in, in this way, right? So that's the emotional need. And the beauty of the emotional need, if you can tap into your emotional need, your partner is unlikely to not want that for you. Mm. So if I ask Kerry, do you want me to feel respected? The answer <laughs> yeah. is yes, of, of course, course, right? Yeah. And that's how we can actually gently, using the gentle startup, mm. we can gently actually um, ask the, or raise a complaint, I guess, yeah. with a person. And yeah. um, gently raising that complaint, complaint meaning we attack the problem, mm. criticism is actually attacking the person. That's mm. the difference yeah. between those two. And so mm. the antidote there in summary is to complain without blame. Mm. Mm. And that sort of then says that example mm. that you use segues really nicely into then defensiveness. So I could, upon hearing Adrian's criticism, become like, mm. oh, well, you know, like I was just, I had to get ready for work and I had this really important meeting that I had to get to and I couldn't find the clothes that I wanted. I needed to look good and I didn't mean it. Like, it's not my fault. Like, there's mm. not enough cu cupboard space, you know. I've asked you to put extra racks up here, but you haven't done that. And so I could get really defensive and, and counterattack. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's the counterattack. So what I feel then is that is my criticism. need is... Well, criticism, but my need has totally been forgotten. Ignored. It's been ignored. I've actually raised an issue, but she um, she has ignored what I've said. Yeah. And now she's talking about herself. Mm. And so I get really defensive now and I get contemptuous and attacked back mm. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So I was just going to say that in defensiveness... so the def Defensiveness can come when we are actually feeling attacked. Um, so either we are being attacked because somebody's used criticism or we might just feel attacked. And I think it's important that couples at home realise that if the four horsemen have been in your relationship for a long time, you can feel attacked even if you're not being attacked, mm. right? Because you're very hypervigilant to one another now and what's being said. And so I could mm. feel attacked or I might have been attacked with criticism. But if I start to feel defensive for one of those reasons, then rather than going into the counter-attack or the innocent whining victim stance, which would be like, oh, you know, I can never do anything to please you. Like, you, you, you really want the house so tidy and so neat and I try my best, but, you know, I'm working full-time and I'm trying to cook you really nice meals and do this and do that and it's just I can't ever do anything to please you. That would be the other form of defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Rather than doing that, what we need to do is take responsibility mm -hmm. and it's the total opposite of what we want to do when we're feeling defensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to attack. Um, but what the research tells us is that defensiveness rarely ever helps the problem. Problem. It actually just escalates it. So if you're feeling defensive, your heart rate's going to start climbing mm. and you're going to start to get more and more distressed. And the more that you defend yourself, that continues. And interestingly mm. enough, for your partner, they then start to get distressed as well. Whereas the total opposite, taking responsibility, mm. is proven to de-escalate you, the de defensive person, mm. but it's also proven to help to de-escalate your partner as well. So in that example of the wardrobe, I would literally say something to Adrian like, yeah, you know, you're right. I know I left those clothes there. And I know that's really frustrating because you had to get up and go to work today and I didn't and I know you had to get a shirt out and it would have been really frustrating to have them there. I take responsibility for that. I'm going to try really hard to 
which my arrangement is with Adrian, make my pile of clothes um, in, in the walk-in wardrobe, just in one corner, not near <laughs> the wardrobe. So that's how I'm going to try and help with that situation. And that will be enough for him. He will feel validated. He mm. will feel understood. Mm. Um, and I can still, you know, be the messy person that I am, but without having to change and conform to his set standards of behaviour. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's the defensiveness. The other one is contempt. contempt. Mm. Um, so we mentioned last time that contempt is the single best predictor of relationship dissolution. And in a nutshell, I think probably the best way to understand contempt is when your partner is sitting in their lofty little high house, you know, looking down their nose at you and implying in one way or another that they're better than you, mm. smarter better, neater, more organised. Um, and what that actually does for the person who is on the receiving end of contempt is it makes you feel like your partner is disgusted in you mm. or they despise mm. you. And it's virtually impossible for us to have any conflict resolution when the person who is receiving contempt is feeling that level of disgust or um, being despised. And so what we need to understand with contempt and the antidote to contempt is below every um, bit of contempt that we show, so every judgment, every mm. bit of scorn, every eye roll, every bit of sarcasm, there is a longing and there is a need that we actually have. And that longing or that need is not being fulfilled. Mm. And what we have to do is we have to bring that to the surface. Mm. And the antidote to contempt is very, very similar to the antidote mm. to um, criticism, Good. which is being gentle stating what my feelings and what my needs are and explaining them to my partner and then that my partner being able to reflect back and understand what my needs are in that mm. situation. Mm. So it's really important, as I said before, to self-monitor these things. Don't point them out, but know when you're starting to engage them. And as we, I think, said either this week or last week, just it's so important to jump online and learn as much as you can about the four horsemen mm. and those antidotes and how to begin using those antidotes in your relationship, particularly during this time when we're under such enormous amounts of stress yeah yeah and I think for me one of the early things that I learned and apply often was a soft startup yeah and I remember mm. when I was learning it and to just encourage people out there is that I'd sometimes correct after I'd already started yeah. <laughs> so I'd have a bad startup yeah. and like fly into yeah. like I've referenced my speeches last <laughs> week because that's how I just enjoy the let yeah. off steam is yeah. maybe start a fight that Felix wasn't looking for um <laughs> And then I'll just say, hold on, can I start again? Yeah, yeah. You know, can I yeah. start again? Yeah. Good. I'm feeling mm. stressed. Good, yeah. I'm not coping Yeah. and, and I'm frustrated, yeah. you know, in those things. And I think particularly at this time when we're all managing mm. those close quarters, yeah. even being able to identify, even if in the moment yeah. you've flown off the handle or kind of done it wrong, yeah. is to start again. And that yep. helped me. Hugely, yeah. And then there's other times when you're feeling a bit more capable, I mm. want to bring up this issue, I'm going to start it in a good way. Yep. And you feel like yep. you've had that headspace yep. to Absolutely. start. Yeah. And, and it does work because yeah. when I feel myself boiling up yeah. and starting to escalate and then when you actually wind, wind down and go, okay, mm. and start the soft startup, yep. it actually dis escalates your own feelings yep. and yep. like it calms you down as well. And so yep. you can have a proper conversation. Yeah. Yep. Um, without escalating into a big fight. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And yeah. what I mean, what you're talking about there, um, Lou, is uh, a re- what Gottman calls a repair, mm. and um, um, Gottman's quote is, uh, "Repair is a, a couple's um, happy couple's secret ha- weapon, secret weapon um, mm, against like conflict." That. And repairs are uh, defined as anything that de-escalates negativity and allows you both yeah. to get back on track, right, mm. in, in that sort of way in in the conflict. Um, and so. You know, you you if if you know that you've been harsh and you've used a harsh startup, and I guess mm. that's a that's a really important point is that we're not going to get perfect, you know, and we will not. make yeah we'll we'll make mistakes. Mm. Um, but remember, even the the happy couples make mistakes. You yeah. know, but what they do differently to to the ones that are, are unhappy is that they recognise it and yeah. they offer repairs. Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, start again. Um, mm. And can I start again? Let me say that a little bit softer. And then you change your tone, you change the way you said it, you take more yeah. responsibility rather than putting it onto Felix, say, for example. Uh, and then Felix, out of his own mouth, has just said that when, when Lou does that, I actually feel a lot better. I, yeah. I can I feel that I can take that mm. and I can accept that my responsibility yeah. within that, mm. uh, and then that that sort of um, allows you both to then get on with what you need to do, mm. rather than getting into this back and forth of yeah. the horsemen's flying back and forth, criticism, defensiveness, contempt, stonewalling, uh, which just spirals out of control. Yeah. And nobody ends up feeling heard. Yeah, yeah that's it. Mm. So can I ask? So yeah. say we recognise these four horsemen mm. yeah. in, in our life and. Um, we recognise that we're doing these things and then we get to a point where, okay, we're understanding it and we can do these antidotes mm. and the soft startups and things like that. What is the goal from there? Yeah. Um, where do you go from there when we can have this um, calm conversation mm. about an issue? Mm. What, what next from there? Mm. Yeah. Um, how do we get through a conflict? The challenge, yeah. The challenge yep. in... Mm you know, a nice way. Well, especially, I mean, what's tricky is you've got the perpetual, which I think we touched on last segment. Um, But that's hard, especially because for us, one of our major perpetual issues Mm. would be how, like, managing the house. Mm. And Mm. in amongst that is then the kids because kids are a mess. And so my viewpoint is, like, a messy house is a creative house. So the Mm. kids are going to be, like, win at life, you know, (laughs) if they've been able to leave their toys out. Whereas Felix's perspective, and you can jump in, you know, for him he feels calm, in control when the house is clean. So we just have these opposite Mm. happy places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now having to watch each other. Mm. Live out a messy house or or a clean house. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we, I've noticed, like, with our finances, I guess, would be one point Felix says, um, because we know we can't solve that Mm. problem with the perpetual. It's looking at new ways to talk about it. Yeah. And what would you say to people that have got these Mm. major perpetual issues issues. at the forefront now? Mm. Yeah. I think the first thing Good that question. we would say, mm. it is a really great question and I'm wondering how we can actually effectively <laughs> yeah. answer this in, in our short time. amount of time. <laughs> yeah. So let us have a crack at it and yeah. see what we can come yeah, up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the first thing is is really important, right, and it is what you were reflecting on, Felix. Okay, so we've worked out how mm. to have a good conversation. So the rule of thumb is that understanding mm. must always, always, always precede advice giving and always precede problem solving. Too quickly, couples are ready to move to problem solving and they're too ready to move to giving advice or giving instructions. And what we find is that, you know, two out of the three major conflict interventions that we teach people in couples therapy have nothing to do with problem solving.
solving mm. because what we really, really need is understanding. So if we have a look at that example that Adrian and I shared about the messy clothes and whatnot, I've been messy my whole life. My mother can attest to that and it will never change. Um, Adrian's much neater and more organised than I am. Um, and what we needed in that moment is for me to understand the frustration that causes him when he gets up in the morning to get ready for work and to get his suit out of the um, cupboard. He needed me to understand that this actually bothers me. Like, I feel mm. stressed, I feel frustrated. And when I understand that, I'm actually a hell of a lot more willing to just make my pile of clothes in a different part of the um, walk-in wardrobe. So you'll find probably the first thing I'd say is that when you do understanding really, really, really well, compromise actually naturally follows mm. in a lot of cases, mm. not all of them, but um, in a lot of cases it does naturally sort of come a lot easier to compromise because it's the understanding that has been achieved. If you find yourself unable to understand or you've understood but you're unable to move towards a compromise, then it's a matter of trying to work out how do we go into this? Because this mm. is really going into I mean, something dreams. a bit deeper. Uh, it's yeah. trying to ascertain what is my partner's core need. Mm. And Adrian referred to the emotional need before. Like, mm. what is the core need? What is the... Um, the root issue for the for my partner. So, Lou, you were talking about with the example of the house, if we mm. just use that, there is a very different idea. Like, for you, it's like a messy house, it's a free house, it's mm. a comfortable house, um, it's a house where everybody can feel relaxed and all that sort of stuff. And for you, Felix, it's this whole idea that, um, and I didn't get a full insight to it, so I'm going to hypothesise a little <laughs> bit here, but it would be something I suspect along the lines of a clean house equals organisation which equals calm, you know, if it's something along those lines, right? Um, and so what we need to do is we need to say, well, the actual issue, Lou, for you is you want a sense of freedom in your home. Mm. And the actual issue for you, Felix, hypothetically, is that you want a sense of control or peace or calm in your home. And so then we're, what we're actually compromising about is what the core need mm. is, right? And so that might mean that we have certain parts of the house that are really nice and neat, and we might have certain parts of the house that are really nice and messy. Or and seven that are locked, locked <laughs> so no one can actually go in and they remain. Totally, yeah. Like, but it might be that. Um, it might be that. Like we at home, we have a messy in the bedroom, but the rest of the house I want tidy. I'm a bit of a, an anomaly. Um, and we actually did some renovations. And one wall of our house is this big white cupboard that goes from floor to ceiling. And it's huge. And don't open the doors if you ever come to my house. It's pretty badly messy behind there. But yeah. I need that sense of like in my actual living space. I need to see tidiness. And so we might negotiate. Like you might end up with a really nice cupboard, Lou, and it might just be that you just shove everything in there when when Felix needs to have that space of tidy, yeah? So it's about mm. trying to compromise on what your need is, yeah. not about whether or not the toys should be put here or the clothes should be put That's here, right. yeah? yeah? That's where we get stuck in conflict. It's like... Dig into what's my partner's need. How do I help their core need be met in this situation? The rule of thumb, I think, on that note is um, 
what we call what Gottman calls accepting influence from each other. Yeah, I'm accepting influence. Yeah, and basically what that means is how do I meet your needs without sacrificing mine, and mm. vice versa. How do I meet my needs without sacrificing yours? Yeah, and once you've actually identified for each other what those actual inner core needs are, mm. then if you apply that principle of, of um, uh, accepting influence, mm. meaning you've got to give a little, right? So if you want to be influential, you have to, or if you want to influence the other person, mm. you've got to be influenced by them or be willing to be influenced yeah. by them and it's that's that's the essence of compromise and and, mm. and negotiation um and so that that's what you're really trying to get down yeah. to mm. yeah. yeah because at the end of the day you're looking for a win-win situation right yeah. and yeah. you know it's no point me feeling like yeah i've come out of this great i've got yeah. everything i wanted exactly. but you know my wife is just distraught after yeah. the, the whole yeah. conversation mm. yeah. Absolutely. you know and just that, yeah, you know, you do want that, yeah. you know, where we both come out winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it yeah. is possible. Yeah, you, yeah, it is definitely possible. Yeah. And mm. I think that's something that Adrian sort of said before, like when you actually get to the heart of what your partner's need is, mm. you don't want them to not have that mm. need met. Yeah. Like I know Adrian's morning routine, like the back of my hand, I don't even have a routine, I'm that disorganised, <laughs> but I know his routine, I could, you know, <laughs> run my life by his routine. Um, and it's so reliable and it's so consistent it's actually one of the things that even though I don't have it I actually love that about him and Mm. it's a real grounding part of who he is for our marriage and so when he has his routine in the morning of getting up going and getting his clothes getting organized doing all the things that he does I don't want him to not have that because it's Mm. good for him to have it makes him the man that he is it's good for me to have it it's nice and grounding having a bit of structure and organization to my chaos Um, and I actually don't want that that need of his to not be met Mm. And when we tap into that deeper need, you will find, actually, no, I do want you to have that sense of freedom in your house and I do want you to have that sense of peace at home. Um, And I think one of the ways, going back to your question, Felix, because this can feel a little bit hard for people to work out how to do in practical terms. And one of the things that we do in couples therapy is we get people to sit down in front of us with pen and paper clipboard, Mm. right? And we get them to write this stuff down. So, Felix, write down what is Lou's core need here and Lou write down what is Felix's core need here Mm. and then work out together how can both of our core needs get met Mm. and it's so important that we have a bit of structure around that because we can get lost in the conflict Mm. um, if we don't focus in on those core needs and I think that and I think just what we've talked about now is really practical in this season and beyond yeah Mm. like Mm. how incredible if you find some of these tools that yeah. you didn't use and use them in a high-pressure yeah. situation, you're going to come out the other end. Absolutely. Yep. Really strong, functioning yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just encourage people to do these yeah. things mm-hmm. and yeah. to practice. Have yeah. a go. Yeah. You're, Absolutely. We, you can tell when each other, when you're practising, <laughs> and it's kind of cute, but whenever, <laughs> yeah. after we did the workshop, when I could tell that Felix was trying, yeah, Exactly, your heart softens. It oh, warms. Totally. You think yeah. you are investing in our marriage, and that matters. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, and the defensiveness goes. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you have more compassion, you have more yeah. understanding. Um, and so the best thing to do is just have a crack at it and, mm. and be your own judge and your own referee. Try not to point that finger too much. Just be self-aware of what you're doing mm. and correct when you can. And when your partner makes a mistake or they need to correct something, uh, allow them to do that. Have open arms, be willing to accept that repair and be compassionate mm. and let them have another crack at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not sure if we've got enough time. Would it be helpful if we get, did a bit of a role play to demonstrate to people what uh, you know these horsemen yeah. are? Yeah, what it can how, look yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Like go and, for it. And show you how to do it properly. I yeah. Guess, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do? Um, I think one of the uh, one of the important issues that people might be dealing with might be um, because both parents are home now. Yeah. Um, uh, workspace, sp- work tidy so. versus yeah. untidy, whatever mm. you know. But we're all in each other's space now. Um, yeah. What do you reckon? Something yeah, like I think that? that's yeah. a really okay. great one. And this one, um, it demonstrates uh, contempt <laughs> and it demonstrates defensiveness. And if you think we're good actors, it might be. Just maybe. Because <laughs> we know these things ourselves. Um, so you ready? Yep, yeah. okay. All right. Okay, Kerry, now that we are in the same home, now, now that this whole COVID-19 is, is happening, right, and we're forced to stay home, you have to get your act together, all right? We're, we're stuck in this study. Okay, we just made, built this study, right? Okay, we just renovated and all that stuff, right? But we're working very close to each other. Can you look, Just look at my space there, right? You can see how, mm-hmm. how well and tidy it is and how, how, how streamlined it is, right? That's the way you get stuff done, right? Look at, look at, look at, look at your space there, okay? Uh-huh. It is, it's messy, it, it's, it's unkempt. No wonder you can never sort of get, get home on time. You know, when you, I can't even imagine what your workspace is at home. Uh, sorry, at work. You never get home on time, right? You you you, you lose your keys all the time, right? I mean, okay, you, so you need to stop because, like, you're just anal. Like okay, seriously, you're so you're so anal. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be in its right space. Why don't you just live a little bit? This is your problem. This is why you cannot respond to things at the drop of a hat. You can't be spontaneous. You can't think on your feet. You can't solve problems. In fact, just butt out, right? Just butt out of my workspace. You go back to your little workspace. You deal with your little facts and figures over there and you just leave mine to me because mine works well for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So this not is, how to do it. <laughs> this is not how to do it. So you can see that in that example, Adrian started off really harsh and with a lot of contempt, a lot of judgment, a lot of um, there's something wrong with you. You're so disorganised, and he just kept going and going and going. And I was starting to get increasingly well right from the first first moment, increasing defensiveness, um, really just angry, and then I just wanted to lash out. And I came back with a pretty good dose, I thought. Yeah. Props for me. Uh, <laughs> a pretty good dose of contempt right back at him mm-hmm. and a lot of criticism and defensiveness. And this is how it can happen. And I think it's important to know just a quick un- another little research finding that it's in the first three minutes of any interaction, if we see any of the four horsemen present, there is 
a 96% chance that that conversation is going to go badly. Mm. So I don't even think we were talking for three minutes then, but mm. we saw pretty much all of the four horsemen yeah. at play. Mm. So there is no chance that we can really recover from that. We actually need to sort of really separate at that point because we've both gotten quite flooded. Um, if it was a bit softer, that conversation, we could have used some repairs, but with that one, we would have to separate, yeah. go yeah. away, calm down and then come and have back that conversation yeah. again. So what we're going to do is show you the antidote now to mm. that and have a much better conversation. conversation. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dal, can I just raise something? Um, mm. You know, we're, we're stuck at home together, yeah. obviously, for the next six months or so. Forever, it seems. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've just um, renovated our office. So yeah. It was a really nice office. I just need to tell you that I'm... I, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because you know, you know me. I I like my space really sort of mm -hmm. um, structured. Yeah. You know, really tidy. I need to know where my pens are. Where my yeah. You know, you know yeah. what I'm like, right? Uh, so, you know, when when I sort of get come to the office, mm. and you know, some of some of your stuff is just spilling over into mine, <laughs> right? Yeah, just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit, right? I feel a little bit overwhelmed, and I just, yeah. I just. I don't seem to be able to concentrate. You know, yeah. I just need uh, that space to, to be able to have a clear head. You know, what I'd really like is, mm. could, what I really need is, could we could we have a, a, a bit of a conversation? It doesn't have to be now, it can yeah. be whenever we're both ready. Can we have a bit of a conversation so that we can set some, uh, I, I suppose, physical boundaries maybe, yeah. Of, yeah. you know, so um, that I can have my space and I can do the work, you know, work at uh, yeah. my space the way that I feel comfortable with, but then you can as well. So I think just some boundaries there. Yeah, I get might it. Might be good, you know. <laughs> yeah. Can we have that conversation? Yeah, yeah. That okay? I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, I know that you have a very organised, desk and a very mm. organized workspace and I know that I have a very organized mess <laughs> um, and so we do we do live and we work really differently yep. but I do know that my organized mess spills over into your mm. neat and tidy space um, mm. and I know that would frustrate you because mm. it, it just I know that would be frustrating <laughs> um, You'd probably even feel a bit anxious looking at my, my mess, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to think of it, I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So, look, I think it's actually a great idea because um, we are we are going to have to share this workspace for a fair bit of time now mm. and we do need to both be able to work quite the way we like to work. Yeah. So I'm really yeah. happy to have that conversation maybe on the weekend when we've got a bit of extra time. Yeah, um, yeah. If we're still allowed to go to Bunnings, maybe we can go and buy a divider or yeah. something. Um, but I think that's a great idea. We'll have a chat about it over the weekend. Okay. Perfect, yep. thanks. Awesome. So. That's how we do that. <laughs> so good. And it sounds like it's when you hear it, it's so simple. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's it's just doing it and it it's is. making that choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think just a couple of key points to yeah. remember there is the Gottmans talk about the gentle startup as being gentle. Mm. Mm. And so some of the things that you might have seen Adrian doing, I don't know if he sort of put his hand on me or he just smiled when he was talking mm. and he just said, look, not, you know, big issue, but like something that we need to have a bit of a chat about. It's been bothering me a bit rather than, okay, this workspace, it's out of control. This is the biggest thing since COVID-19 hit. Um, it's more just like, let's just deal with this as an issue. It's a bit of an issue. It's irritating me. Want to talk about it with you. Want to talk about it gently with you. And that's the approach that we need. That's the most important thing with that gentle startup. Mm. And then taking responsibility where you can. Mm. You don't have to take responsibility for the whole thing. You don't have to go and say, oh, I'm so sorry, Adrian. Yeah, I know my, my stuff is spilling over into yours. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I've upset 
it. You don't have to go and, you know, grovel and um, bend over backwards because I still want to retain an organic sense and true sense of mm. who I am. I don't want to buckle and change for him, mm. nor does he want to do that for me. Mm. Um, but we do need to take responsibility for our part in it, mm. you know. And if I'm still in his pens, which I would do, I'd probably chew on the end of him too, um, that would annoy him and doesn't annoy me in the slightest, but I get that it would annoy mm. him and I know that I do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So taking responsibility is that really important part of that as well and just choosing the right time to have it. So if you know within yourself that it's going to come out the right, way just go somewhere else for a little while mm. just mm. go to the garage go to the bathroom do something go to the backyard we're not sure where you'll be allowed to go when <laughs> well, you're listening right. to this but go there go to the letterbox uh, yeah <laughs> if i can just say the difference between those two role plays the first one that was very dysfunctional the second one a lot more functional um the difference was that we were both taking responsibility for our our portion yeah. rather than externalizing it onto the other mm. person right so you know instead of me saying that you know you're disorganized you know no wonder you are always late for work mm. or you can never find your keys or whatnot that's it's pointing the finger yeah. but really what's underneath that for me is that I feel overwhelmed it's mm. nothing to do with Kerry mm. it's that I actually am responding to this space mm. with a feeling of being overwhelmed and so therefore in the second um, example um, the first words or one of the first words out of my mouth I think was I feel overwhelmed when etc mm. and what I need is using that sort of uh, gentle startup mm. structure and both of us as I said in the second scenario was taking responsibility yeah. for our own stuff rather than Putting on the yeah. other person. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that's so good mm. and so important. I think you've given everyone some homework for this Lovely. week. I <laughs> uh, hope you do well. Um, and we'll catch up next week. Yeah. I think talking about repairs, which yeah. are really important, yeah. and mm. especially engaging with the children, yeah. which mm. is a big deal and yeah. probably a big factor for yeah. families that are listening out there. Yeah. So Absolutely. We'll catch yeah. you next time. Thank Excellent. You. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media and follow this playlist to stay tuned on what's coming up.